0: We have some kind of idea that meditation is about clearing the mind and removing all the thoughts and just going blank. And actually, that's not true. And the more we try to meditate like that, the more stressful our meditation session will become because you're sitting there trying to go blank. And the more you try to push the thoughts down, (laughs) <laughs> the louder they shout.
1: Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas and personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work.
0: I'm going to be talking about forgiveness and compassion and meditation. I'm talking about training. Skills. I see forgiveness and compassion as skills of the mind that we can train and develop through things like meditation. So, why is forgiveness important? Well, we all have a challenge or difficulty with the topic of forgiveness because we all have people in our lives who we wish we could forgive. Or there are sort of large resentments, but also the daily, uh, just day-to-day irritation, the way we relate to others, the way they relate to us. There's always this need for compassion and forgiveness because we get angry so easily. We feel hurt so easily. Maybe it's not even people we know, but just the the notion of forgiving people we know about, people in politics, people on the world stage. We have so much Resentment and bitterness that arises when people do or say things that we feel troubled by. So, forgiveness is not about allowing all of that and just saying, Okay, I forgive. You can all just abuse me and abuse others. No, it's not that at all. It's a skill of the mind so that we can learn to not get hurt. We can learn to stay strong and stay calm and understand people. And through that, change can happen. Because otherwise, when we're holding on to our resentment and anger, and our feeling of separation from others, it becomes incredibly toxic for us. It becomes something where we we can't let go, we can't really breathe. But with forgiveness, we can drop a burden and our heart can start to breathe again. So it's an act of compassion, towards ourselves as well as towards others. So the first thing I want to address is to think about how much we live in a world where we are programmed to push away discomfort. Everything we've created around us is to enhance our comfort and to push away discomfort and unhappiness. It's a very natural urge that we should seek happiness and seek to be away from unhappiness and whatever is uncomfortable. But if we look more deeply into the psychology of the mind, we might start to understand that these habits of searching for the pleasant and seeking to discard the unpleasant, these habits lead to more habits. A habit sort of replicates itself. The more we search for happiness externally, the more we search. We never really find it because whatever we find, we have still created the habit of searching. So we jump ahead looking for the next thing. And the same with pushing away discomfort. The more we try to evade or uh, avoid discomfort, the more discomfort comes because our resistance is a habit that we take with us everywhere. So this happens in our relationships. The more we experience resentment towards others and a feeling of lack of forgiveness, the more we find in our lives people we can't forgive. So through that kind of thinking of constantly wanting the pleasant and wanting to avoid the unpleasant, we become almost like a victim of our own world. It's when we start to look at our minds and change the way our minds function that we can become the boss. We can become the boss of our own lives because then we are learning to change our patterns of reactivity. Now, when many people first approach things like meditation, mindfulness, things like that, I think there's often an urge to still be on that treadmill of looking for comfort and looking to avoid discomfort. So within the meditation, it can become like that. So then we're back to square one. It's almost as if we are seeing meditation as a kind of spa treatment or something pleasant, which will just make us feel good. So we're back into that searching and needing and wanting feelings of uh, something pleasant. Actually, meditation is a path. It's a path of moving through the discomfort and learning how to transform it. So we often hear this phrase, leaning into the pain, leaning into the discomfort. And at first we think, I don't want to do that. Why should I lean into the discomfort? Surely it will get worse. But the irony is the more we remove our resistance, the more free we can become. So when we look at our meditation journey as a path, I think it's very helpful to reflect upon what is the meaning of a path? Any kind of path is only a path because you are moving through something. The path involves moving through the difficulties. For example, just if you think about a forest and there's a path in the forest, why is there a path in the forest? There's a path in the forest because we need to get through the trees. Because of the trees, we have a path to get through them. Similarly, because of life's difficulties, because of our troublesome relationships, we have a path of meditation. So the whole point is to bring all of that onto the journey and work with it instead of trying to switch off and find some kind of spa holiday in our meditation. So it really is about learning to handle the difficulties. So what that means is that our difficult relationships become the food or the fuel for our spiritual growth. So now to talk more directly about the technique. With forgiveness, as I said, it's a trainable skill of the mind. And I think there are two main approaches, and I think it's useful to apply them both. One approach is through meditation, and the other approach is through Smart thinking. So meditating and smart thinking. Intelligent thinking, skillful thinking. So the first one, meditation. So we all know about meditation practice. But I think sometimes when people are new to meditation, we have some kind of idea that meditation is about clearing the mind and removing all the thoughts and just going blank. And actually, that's not true. And the more we try to meditate like that, the more stressful our meditation session will become because you're sitting there trying to go blank. And the more you try to push the thoughts down, (laughs) the louder they shout. So that kind of approach to meditation is quite aggressive because one is almost putting on the armor and going into war with our own minds. But true compassion arises in the meditation when we learn to completely accept ourselves, completely accept our own minds. So this is very much about our relationship with our thoughts. So this is actually the source of forgiveness, because if we can forgive our own thoughts and emotions, then we can forgive people. So when I'm talking about forgiving our thoughts, what I mean is as you sit there meditating, for example, you might be focusing on your breathing or doing any, any meditation technique, and then you feel disturbed by your thoughts. I mean, that's the classic issue, isn't it? You're trying to do your meditation, and then the mind just starts going into Plans, memories, worries, random thoughts, distraction, and then you start to feel frustrated and you feel like those thoughts sort of came in and ruined the practice. So a different approach is to just leave the thought alone, leave it be. So We're focusing on our breathing, for example. I mean, you can substitute that with any any practice, any technique, whatever you're focusing on in your meditation. You're focusing on your breathing, and then you realize that you're completely somewhere else. You're thinking about dinner or lunch or anything. And instead of feeling that kind of angst or aggression towards this thought, like, go away, I want you to leave, instead of that, you just notice and return, return to the breath. So what you're doing is you are giving up the battle with your thoughts and you're just leaving the thought alone. If you leave the thought there, it's not going to stay on a shelf waiting for you. It's not going to sort of just hang there. If you take your attention back to your breathing, the thought will dissolve. Thoughts are only there when we pay attention to them. They don't wait in the, in the corridor, wait in the wings. So the whole idea is just to let the thought be so we don't push it away or so we don't jump in it and go for a ride and make two thoughts three thoughts four thoughts we just leave it alone we don't manipulate it so this is compassion because we are working with a non-judgmental acceptance total friendship with our mind unconditional friendship unconditional love. Let the thought be. Don't try to change it. Don't try to remove it. Don't try to develop it. Just leave it. Let it be. So this develops an internal landscape of gentleness and compassion. And this is the the ground or the source of developing forgiveness. So it's really, really helpful to understand this because it can actually revolutionize your meditation practice. So many people struggle when they meditate because they have this idea that they're supposed to have no thoughts and be blank and not, not have anything, just emptiness, and they struggle so much. They find it so enormously stressful. Actually, when you're doing a practice such as breathing, there are three phases within the practice. There's the phase where you are with the breath, You know, you are really there with the breath or mantra or visualization or whatever your practice is. You're with it. That's one phase. But the second phase is where you notice that you got lost. So you kind of go underground, you get lost, you're lost in the thoughts, you're kind of wandering through the forest of your own mind. And then suddenly you realize, oh, where am I? I'm supposed to be meditating. That's phase two. You've noticed. Your awareness is back you're aware again, that's meditation, that's good. So to get there, the thoughts took you there. Your thoughts are not your enemy. They are the very thing that enables you to practice the meditation. So phase two is you notice that you got lost. Phase three is returning to the breath or the visualization or mantra or anything, whatever your meditation is. So there's three phases, being with the practice, Or noticing that you got lost, or returning. And if you understand that all those three phases are crucial aspects of meditation, you realize that the thoughts that take you away from the practice that you thought were your enemy, those thoughts are your friend because those thoughts enabled you to notice and return. Every time you return to the breath, you are building enormous strength because you are. Developing power and authority over your own mind. But it was the thought that took you away that allowed you to come back and develop that authority. So, this non judgmental acceptance of the mind can be developed through understanding these three phases you're with the practice, or you're noticing that you got lost, or you're coming back to the practice. So, meditation is developing compassion in these ways. The first way was through just not judging the thoughts, just letting them be. The second way is through understanding these three phases, uh, being with the practice, noticing that you got lost and returning. And then the other thing is just generally in terms of forgiveness, the more we meditate, the more our habits of anger, resentment, bitterness, the more those habits will have less control over us. Because even in a simple practice such as focusing on the breathing and then bringing yourself back to the breathing, even a simple practice like that relates to forgiveness because when you come back to the breath, you are kind of thinning down the glue that holds us with our thoughts and emotions, the, the addiction or the attachment to our mental activity so we're kind of thinning that down we're we're learning how not to get sucked in by the thought and instead develop the authority to come back to the breath so our deeply ingrained habits of resentment fear upset paranoia these are all habits of the mind and basically our mind is unconsciously addicted to those habits and meditation is the best way to reduce addiction. So this is a very simple approach, such as, you know, coming back to the breath, but a very profound meaning. So as well as meditating, you know, you might do a session each day of whatever your practice is, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, longer, shorter, whatever, as well as meditating. I think it's really important to practice mindful moments throughout the day, even when you're busy. So these are, I call them micro moments. I know that term means many things, but in in terms of meditation, I mean micro moments of mindfulness. So you're standing somewhere and you're feeling the ground under your feet. You're standing at the sink and you're washing your hands mindfully. That's a highly topical example these days. We're all washing our hands all the time. And so you can make that into a mindfulness exercise. You're washing your hands in the same usual way, but you're being aware. You're feeling the the soap, the water, the movement of the hands, or you're standing in line somewhere and you're feeling the ground under your feet. These tiny moments of awareness, sitting behind your desk, feeling the chair under your body, just for a few seconds. These can be, you know, throughout the day, little moments of mindfulness. That's the way of bringing your meditation into daily life. The reason this relates to forgiveness is because when you practice these micro moments in difficult situations, you start to change your relationship with discomfort. So, for example, you could learn to practice tiny moments of awareness when you are waiting for things, like waiting for a bus or a train, standing in line, waiting with the computer for something to load. I mean, we're always waiting. Our day is constantly made up of moments of waiting, waiting for a kettle to boil, anything. These are moments that are generally uncomfortable for us because we're always busy. We feel very time pressured. And then when we're stuck waiting for something, we feel, uh, you know, our time has been stolen and we get tense. But if you learn to practice a mindful moment while you're waiting, how? Okay, you, you're you standing in line and you just feel the ground under your feet. You drop your shoulders. You just let go of wanting to get to the front of the line. You're just there in the moment. Or you are sitting in front of your computer and it slows down and you just feel the contact between your body and the chair you're sitting on. You can use your physical senses as the... The, uh, you know, the sense of touch, the feeling of standing or sitting. You can use that as the focus. So what you're doing is you're literally rewiring your own brain. You are reprogramming yourself because we have an automatic programming around when I'm waiting, when I'm stuck in traffic, I get tense, I, I, I feel uncomfortable. Well, instead, you're learning to meet discomfort with calmness peace, serenity. It doesn't mean you become like lazy and switched off and you just kind of let everything happen. It means when you're stuck somewhere and there's nothing you can do about it, practice mindfulness. You're changing your programming. So what this means is you start to experience moments of discomfort in a completely different way. They become tools for your training, A little bit like going to the gym and lifting weights. You know, when you go to the gym and you want to get stronger, you want heavier weights. You need more resistance. You build muscle when there's greater resistance on the the weight training machine. So in that way, the things in our life that bring up resistance in us can become tools or opportunities for mindfulness training, taking us to a deeper level of mindfulness. So too with relationships. If we learn to train with easy things like being stuck in traffic, standing in line, waiting for something, then we're building the habit of meeting our edge with calmness and not getting wound up. So then our relationships can start to change because as we think about or meet that person who we feel hurt by, we can't forgive, now we're reframing. the the situation where we're seeing them as as another mindfulness tool, because our, our discomfort arises, our feeling of aggression or hurt. And this is another reminder to go deep into the mindfulness. I want to emphasize again, I'm not suggesting this should make us into a passive victim who just allows people to abuse us. I don't mean that at all. I mean, we don't have to feel hurt. We don't have to allow these things to make us tense or unhappy. We are learning how to free ourselves. So we're working with resistance. And through working with uh, changing our patterns of resistance, we can start to find greater freedom. So I mentioned that there are two major approaches. One is meditation, and I've I've explained that a little bit about sitting and meditating, working with the breath, for example, and learning how to have that different relationship with your thoughts. And then also the mindful moments, that's also part of meditation. The other major technique is changing the way we think. You can call this smart thinking or skillful thinking, intelligent thinking. It means as well as meditation, we can start to practice different thought processes in relation to our relationships, think about them differently. So forgiveness is the key, is the subject here. So when we have a relationship or somebody we think about and we find it hard to forgive them, we can apply three ways of thinking, all three. The first one, these three steps, the first step is to recognize our reaction, because it's very easy to get lost in the situation. He said this, she did that, they're so bad, why did they do this? These are all the words we tell ourselves about the story. I'm not saying those things are unimportant. I'm just saying from a meditation point of view, you can go deeply into Recognizing here is me feeling hurt and upset. I am experiencing anger. This is in me. Therefore, this is something I can change. If it's in me, I can free myself from it because it's mine. So, we're recognizing the feeling of anger or the feeling of hurt. That's step one. Step two is to practice gratitude gratitude towards the person. I don't mean you have to go and tell them, I'm so grateful to you. Uh, I mean, internally, to think about how this person is so precious for us, this person who normally we feel hurt by, maybe it's in the past, we think about them, we feel hurt. That is giving us a profound opportunity for transformation. Now, normally, when we think of gratitude, when we think of gratitude practice, we tend to focus on the good things. You know, be grateful for all the great, wonderful things in your life. That's important. It's really important to practice gratitude for all the good things. But gratitude for the challenges—that's going deeper. That's a much more radical kind of gratitude, where you think, okay, these so-called enemies, these people who. I don't like or who don't like me. I am grateful to them because they are giving me the opportunity to develop the profound skill of forgiveness. Compassion and forgiveness are powerful skills of the mind. And if we develop them, we become strong, we become free. But the only way we can develop them is if people push our buttons. If everybody is is nice to us we we don't have anybody to forgive, so I'm not suggesting we should go out into the streets and ask people to to become our enemies. It's going to happen anyway, you know even the most peaceful, loving person has relationships in their life where there is a kind of enmity or feeling of resentment. It happens anyway, and the whole idea here is to feel grateful that this person has come into our lives to give us the opportunity to develop forgiveness. Okay, so three steps. The first is recognition of our hurt. So instead of going into the storyline of the event or the problem, instead just recognize the feeling. The second is gratitude. Think about that person and think about how helpful and useful this is, this uh, conflict is for us because it helps us to, develop forgiveness. The third phase is understanding. This is where the real forgiveness happens. Understanding means to really understand the human condition. If you really understand the human condition, if you really understand the mind, I mean, just just not even at a very deep level, but just to understand that the human mind is something very complex something very often unstable. The mind is unstable. We, people feel emotions and think thoughts that they don't want to be thinking. People do things because they are somehow propelled by their own negative emotions. If we think about the human condition in that way, a kind of forgiveness arises because you start to realize that people aren't really out to get you. They're just caught up in their own drama and you happen to be standing there. So this level of understanding is developed the more you meditate, because when you meditate regularly, you start to see how hard it is to control your own mind. You start to see how how much we lack freedom. You know, we might be very efficient, professional, educated, successful people, But when it comes to our own minds, our minds often do things we don't want them to do. Our minds often go to places we don't want our minds to go. So we're not always the boss internally. We're often bossed around by our own minds. And when you sit down to meditate and you try to focus on your breathing, and then within about three seconds, our mind starts thinking about something else, it's very humbling because we realize how how wild the mind is. It really does all kinds of things we don't want it to do. So you start to understand this about human nature. You understand this, that, that the mind is, is untrained and wild and out of control sometimes. And then you start to look at your person who you can't forgive. You start to look at them with fresh eyes. You start to understand them you start to think, okay, this person is acting from a place of stress, behaving from a place of their own conditioning, their own negative habits, their own instability. Even if they seem to be doing something very deliberately, very calculated, they're still completely under the control of their own anger. It's almost as if they are being thrown about by their own mind and their reactions and their actions are coming from that place of lack of control. I don't mean that through thinking like this, we're going to condone what they do and say, oh, they can't help it poor them. I don't mean that. I simply mean we don't have to feel so indignant and so like, how could they, how dare they, you know, they should be different. We don't have to think like that because saying how dare they or how could they? They're just doing what they're doing. They're lost in their own drama. And so this takes away some of the sting and we start to relax internally and think, okay, they're not really out to get me. They're just expressing their own pain and they're throwing it at me. Now, my response could be compassion. It could be understanding. And through that, I could start to free myself from the pain and resentment, but also the relationship might change. Because when you really understand somebody, they feel it, they know it. Maybe that's what they were hoping for, was that we would understand their pain. So I think this whole topic of forgiveness is something always important, but especially now. Nowadays, we live in such a disconnected fractured society where people are constantly blaming and judging and sometimes of course there are things that need to be talked about and addressed and changed of course i'm not suggesting being passive but i think we we are very divided culturally socially as a race and i think to develop compassion love and forgiveness as skills is needed more than ever. I think this is the time, the powerful time to practice these methods. So that's pretty much all I wanted to say, but now I want to guide you in a short meditation practice. And then maybe there's some time for questions if you have any. So let's meditate together. Let's do a compassion, loving kindness meditation. So I invite you to just sit on your chair or however you're sitting, but to sit with a comfortable posture, a good posture, sitting up straight. Your eyes can be open or closed, whichever is more comfortable for you. First of all, generate the motivation that you're going to meditate, not only for your benefit, but also the benefit of others. Spend a moment setting this intention of kindness. You're meditating in order to develop more love for yourself and love for others. And may this benefit the world. Now become aware of your body. Feel the contact between your body and the chair. Feel your hands resting on your legs or resting in your lap. Let your shoulders drop. You know often we hold our shoulders up a little bit with tension. Let that drop and feel the ground under your feet. Now we're going to be using visualization, which means imagination, just imagining something in one's mind's eye, creating a mental image. So imagine that in the center of your chest, kind of level with your heart, but right in the middle of your chest, there is a glowing ball of light, a glowing sphere or ball of light. It can be whatever color you like. It can be white or pink or many colors. And try to feel that this light represents the deeper aspect of your mind, the deep bliss and freedom and love that are everybody's true nature. You know, normally we just feel our stress and our confusion and the details of daily life, but here you're relating to the depths of the mind, which is peace, love, and compassion. And you're personifying that or visualizing that as a ball of light inside you. Imagine that the ball is radiating, glowing, sending lights out, which start to fill up your body. The light from this ball of light expands and fills you up. And as it fills you, it bathes you with love, with kindness and happiness. All traces of pain and suffering dissolve. Just like when sunlight melts the ice. So all the hardness inside us, the harshness, the resentment, the bitterness, this just melts away through the warmth of the sunlight of love inside you. Then the light radiates out of your body, filling up the room that you're in, filling up the house. The light is just bursting out of you in all directions. And it reaches other people, in your neighborhood, in your town, wherever. And as this light reaches them, you generate a deep wish that everybody may find freedom and happiness. So you can especially think of people you're close to. Maybe think of somebody who you really love. Maybe it's somebody like a friend or a child or even an animal, somebody you really care for. And you would do anything to just take away their pain and give them all the love in your heart. Imagine that the light radiates towards them and fills them up with happiness and peace. All of their problems melt away as the light fills their body. Now expand this light so it goes to all your family and friends. All the people you feel close to, you have a natural love towards these people and your heart is sending this, from this ball of light inside you, sending light to all of them, filling them up with happiness and peace. Now let that light expand further to people you don't know, acquaintances, and also strangers. Let this light just fill the space in all directions and go into all living beings everywhere and just filling them up with happiness and melting away any pain or suffering. And now you can especially think about somebody you find it hard to forgive. And you can send the light to them. If you feel comfortable doing it. If it's something you're just not ready to go there, then don't. Take it gently. But if you feel okay doing this, send the light to your your person or your people who you have difficult feelings about. And imagine that the light fills them up and it dissolves all of their cruelty, all of their negativity. It dissolves the the conflict. The light chases away the darkness. And then let the light go everywhere and just have this deep wish that all of the universe may be filled with love and happiness. And just let go of that visualization and relax into yourself and let your mind and body feel love, kindness and happiness. And stop there.
1: I'm Vision Lakhiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast.